Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to play The Syndicate. Mm, is there good. an article involved or is it just Syndicate? I think it's just Syndicate. I think it's just Syndicate. Yeah. It's not The Syndicate, yeah. no. The but, syndicate reminds me more like the funny papers. The syndicate, mm-hmm. that's just the thing. Yeah. Um, but before we do, we got some feedback from last week's show. Actually, yeah, the big this, show. Is, this is this is from two weeks ago. We had lots of positive comments on the David Pleasance interview, and we thank you for those. But uh, from two weeks ago, Sean Courtney wrote in, mm-hmm. um, and he said, nice Patreon Blackbird. So he was complimenting my musical style. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Um and he says, now to outdo you, I'll have to sing the Pie Factory podcast Patreon donors to Junk, which is a Paul McCartney solo song. Mm. Uh, he said, sadly, I don't host a Beatles podcast. I don't know why I said that. I was, um, I, was I looked for one. <laughs> um, but he said, uh, it's actually closer to the type of podcast he always thought he'd be doing instead of the gaming podcast he does. So uh, thank you for writing in, Sean. And if you want a good quality arcade game, main podcast, Pie Factory podcast is the way to go. Make sure you check that out. And if you want a Beatles podcast, then you're on your go make You're one. on your own. <laughs> go make a Beatles podcast. <laughs> um, so what news have you? Well, we got a couple weeks of big news. Big, Bef- huge, you know what? enormous before, news. Before we don't have you any get to news. your news, uh, my news isn't important. I want to plug an event. I want to plug a very important event. Couldn't wait that till is, after the news. I had to get it right I in I have there. to get it right in Top now of the show. What is this event, buddy? This event is Vintage Computer Festival Southeast. Uh-huh. The VCFSE. Mm-hmm. This is an event that is like no other. Uh, oh, yeah? This is going down in Atlanta on April 29th. Oh, this is the Atlanta one, huh? Yeah, Uh yeah. So this is, we're getting under two months away for this thing, so start making your travel plans now. Uh, They are going to have a whole Amiga panel. They're going to have podcasting stuff going on. Lots of different retro gaming podcasts are going to be there. Uh, Check out the photos from years past. I mean, this thing is a big, big deal. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've heard, I listened to a, a podcast a pinball podcast, and they talk about this quite a bit. And so apparently, it's it's from Georgia. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's also where I got the shirt that I'm wearing. Uh, I'm wearing a VCFSE 2.0 shirt that Brad Arnold, the organizer of the event, was uh, glad enough to send me. So uh, I'm very happy for this, uh, and thank you, Brad. Um, so. Check it out if you are in the states. If you are in the southeastern region, uh, make plans to attend. What do you think about this event? I'd love to go. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's just a hair too outside of sort of our travel radius. So you now you're sort of you're kind of leaning back from going. I because before you were you're beating me down. Well, next year you're demanding gonna, it. Next year things are going to be different. Next year you going to grow um, wings. What's going to happen? I'm, I'm going to have my let's just say my travel plans will be a bit more free this time next year. I don't know what that means. It means I won't be taking six hours of graduate credit. Oh, so, well, that's what, that's what I point. Um, so. I should be about the same. Yeah. You won't be taking any more graduate credit I will credit be taking either. graduate credit, yeah. <laughs> I'll be taking it all right. News, Aaron. Hit me. Um, let's see. We've got some news over the past couple weeks. Uh, let's start off with the new Kickstarter for a documentary. Uh, it's called The Commodore Story, Changing the World 8 Bits at a Time. Uh, I had a quick look at this bad boy, and uh, it's a documentary. I don't know what to expect from it. I uh, just a little bit of a teaser trailer, right? Is that now, what this right? is? Uh, and that's what to, they call it in the biz. And by to, the biz, I mean the industry. Oh, hmm. I didn't know you were an insider. Um, that I've got that tape drive right there, by the way. Just FYI. <laughs> um, yeah, the six hundred. Let's, let's highlight that. Um, we're gonna have to uh, look and see how they're doing because I uh, haven't checked since I put this in. So the, right now they have met their goal. Their goal was twenty one thousand two hundred eighty one dollars, and they've raised twenty two thousand sixty six dollars. A very modest goal yeah. for a documentary. Yeah. So good for them. Um, 
I see what they we go scroll back up there for a minute. They've got a list of a bunch of uh, title game titles, almost look like marquees, don't they? That, so, that looks cool. I yeah, that is that is nice. That. Yeah, that's not too bad. So good for them. Uh, and I guess you can still toss a few bucks their way if you want to make this thing super size. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty cool. Um, from indie retro news, the and uh, this was sent over. There's a new uh, 2D platformer on the Amiga. It's called Max Knight. Um, it's a. Uh, I have not tried this to be honest with you. I'm having more uh, mouse trouble than ever, and it's limiting my ability to do much of anything on my 1200. Uh, but Chris Fold sent that over. What are Chris you? Chris Fold. Yeah, it's very stylized. Mm-hmm. Right. Looks very much like um, the 8-bit hero or uh, that that Zelda. It's like that same sort of pixel art that's very very popular these days. The kids love this stuff. Oh, good. They're good for the kids. Yeah. I think they're making. It looks nice. It looks very. It I, looks, li- I like that disc label too. Yeah, it looks very. It looks very clever, Ooh. and uh, I, I like what they're doing. Uh, Folds also sent over an interesting uh, video, which I got linked up on the uh, Google Plus, and I'm going to link all this stuff over on our Facebook. I, I do that every so often, and it's a '90s VR piece, <laughs> and it was looks like your brother. Yeah, it was quite a piece. It was. Uh, it was uh, goofs with huge. Toasters strapped to the front of their heads, rolling around in a, in a misty cave, and then there's some scenes uh, of a couple people playing these sort of VR, uh, like a like a jet pilot game, mm-hmm. and then there's also these scenes with them in these uh, these uh, little like they look like shuttlecraft from Next Generation, and they they go up and down, they move, they've got movement when you right, play. Right. And I remember seeing something like these at the mall. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know if it's the same exact stuff. But it's it, almost kind of like you know the the roller coaster ride, the virtual roller coaster rides, just with VR on top. Yeah, of it. and these are uh, according to Folds, these are powered with the um, Amiga three thousands. And if you uh, uh, towards the end of the of the video, if you look down, you can see the a big table of computers sitting there. It looks like a bunch of Amigas. There. I wonder what it would take to resurrect some kind of a system like this. You know, it's. It seems sort of pointless, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> point, you know. um, Adam Bradley sent over an interesting uh, uh, video of a guy, of a of a uh, fellow who has put together an open source Amiga accelerator, mm-hmm. and we've I've been sort of talking back and forth to him because I was like I looked at this video and it looked pretty good, and then I went to the webpage and. All they were showing were like these bare boards. Yeah, I, I watched this video too, expecting something different than yeah. Than and so, what I've shown, from what we, from what uh, and we talked as what I can ascertain, I guess you these are DIY. I mean, literally from the ground up, you buy X amount of the boards. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I guess they come. I don't know if they route them. I assume so. And you get them home and you populate them. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there's a parts. I'm not sure how they work. To be honest with you, I don't know what kind of prices we're talking about. I don't know anything about them. It was a they worked. I mean, they looked like good accelerator boards, real good ones, actually. So more info to come, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, man, I'm telling you something. If the price is right, man, I'll populate the hell out of one of these bad boys and stuff it in something. I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't care. Um, I think that's most of the major things. Uh, we talked uh, a little bit earlier about. Uh, well, I, you know, we've got a lot of site updates. I'll let Boat go over those. Oh, we, we should probably mention your joystick. We haven't talked about that on the show. Um, you want to just touch on that? That sure. was kind of a fun um, thing. So the I embarked on a project um, to uh, put micro switches in a twenty six hundred joystick. There were several people on YouTube that have done this before. Mm-hmm. Um, this the, seemed crazy to me when the, you mentioned it. The first guy that I think did it was the guy that has this Hoy podcast, Willie. Oh yeah, Throwback Network, very popular. Yeah, and uh, I looked at his video, and then I looked at another video. And I thought, well, between the two of these, I'm going to try this thing out. And uh, it, it went pretty much as planned. The only thing that I would do different is I would get some a little bit lower profile micro switches. I got the .5. I think going with the .25 would give you a little bit more space. There's not a whole lot of room to work in the 2600 stick without having to cut the posts that, that hold the board. And you really have to cut those evenly mm-hmm. uh, to, to do it right. And I, uh, I actually, I lost my Dremel. I, I literally it was sitting on my weight bench in the in the other side of the basement there. I picked it up and I put it somewhere and I've not been able to find it. Has that ever happened to you? Every day I do everything. Yes, it happens all the time. <laughs> I lose everything. It's amazing. So I can I understand. You don't turn up. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but anyway, you can check out that video on on the site. Um, it went well. Uh, Aaron tried it out last week. What did you think of it? It felt okay. Obviously, the top's not a one mm-hmm. all the way, but I'm sure you'll remedy that. Mm-hmm. It was. It, I had to try it. It seemed okay. It was it was wacky. Feels weird because you're so used to the way a 2600 stick feels. And I think I like the idea though of adding micro switches to these sticks. That's not the worst idea, mm-hmm. you know. Now, purists would be upset, and the two purists are always upset. To be fair, the 2600 has is a good stick outright, mm-hmm. but there are other sticks. The gym like stick, that, that god awful stick that you chewed the end off the of. Best, the best. If you're not going to toss that thing in the, in the trash, then I would at least put micro switches in and try to rescue something. I'll never alter the gym. See stick. if there's some way to alter the big, huge gaping <laughs> joint where you chewed it off. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. other What other side updates? Well, I'll, I'll take you through the side updates because so that's good. my job. On the there's podcast. tons of tons and tons of them. So uh, we'll we'll lead off with uh, Xenomorphs and Ditto Land. Oh, I'm sorry, he's changed the or maybe I've always said it wrong. Xerox morphs in ditto land uh this is dreamcatch's ongoing series of clone titles this and one i not I, I was not familiar with this is a game called torvac the warrior <laughs> which is sort of a you know lame conan ripoff as i, as I built it a c-string barbarian yeah <laughs> uh so uh check out his his very in-depth review of that game uh, Aaron, you've put up a ton of Amigos Plays videos this week. You've got three. Let's talk about them briefly. Navy SEALs. Tell us about that. Uh, Navy SEALs was an ocean-developed uh, game. And uh, also, obviously, they published it. Um, I remember playing this back in the day, and it's a it's a good game that's hampered by the controls. The uh, controls. Your guy could shimmy. He could pull himself up over ledges. He could hang off stuff. Uh he can he can crawl, he can belly crawl, he can shoot. Mm-hmm. The problem is you've got one button and you're trying to make all this happen. Oh, and it's yeah. difficult. It's the same old story. So when you want to duck, you may you may shimmy down. You know, I do that all the time when I want to duck. Mm. And it's hard, but it's fun. And I've never seen a movie, so is it a movie? Yeah, Navy SEALs is a movie. It's based on a, it's a Charlie Sheen film from 1990. Mm. Bill Paxton. Was is it in. a serious movie or is it like yeah. Hot Shots? No, it's a real movie. Okay. It's hard to make a comedy about the Navy SEALs unless you use actual SEALs. That's true. Yeah, so. That's true. Um, what about Final Fight? This is a game that we all know and love. Final Fight, the the legend from Capcom. Uh, I knew, I'd heard this was not a good game on the Amiga. And uh, um, I'll have to say, it was not as bad as I thought it would be. But it wasn't good. Uh, it's very much like Street Fighter. Uh, in fact, I think the same outfit put them together. And they just a uh, U.S. gold or someplace like her, that. Yeah, it's her, yeah, and it's herky jerky, not smooth. The guys when they move, they shuffle. It's real funny to watch. And they, uh, it's just they they didn't use the Amiga very much because mm-hmm. the Amiga could handle a a, a port. Now it's funny. One of our one of the commenters, the prolific commenter that we have, Daniel Portal, he mentioned to me that uh, at some point now I can't confirm this, but he's but. Uh, he mentioned that there had been a, a an AGA version of Final Fight in the works, but it had gotten canceled. So I don't know if that. I'd like interested to see what that would have looked like. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. Yeah. Um, and then finally, we've got Motorhead. Motorhead. Uh, Motorhead. You know, Lemmy. Uh, if you, <laughs> it's the damnedest game. It's you just have to watch that one. It's a beat 'em up starring Lemmy. Uh, and uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about Motorhead the other night, and I was like, man, I remember there was a game for that, and sure enough, you know, there was. It's goofy, you know, mm-hmm. it's goofy, but it's got a lot of dark humor in it, and, and uh, it's it's enjoyable. And also, just last night, at the break of midnight, I put up Pit Fighter uh, from Atari. Widely regarded as one of the worst games of all time. I've gone through... You know, I've I've been in the mood to beat stuff up, so that was Pit Fighter. So that, again, that was someone mentioned Pit Fighter uh, in one of our comments on one of the YouTube videos I'd done, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna give that one a shot because I'd also heard it was pretty bad. And I vaguely recalled playing it back in the day. It's not the worst thing I've ever played. It was, it wasn't great, mm-hmm. you know. But it, I had as much fun with it as I can. Hey, four simultaneous characters on the screen plus the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, the Amiga did some stuff you wouldn't expect, and it had you know. It's not the worst, but it's again, if you want to look at it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then our final site update for this week is comes from our uh, contributor Will Williams, 
And uh, he's actually installed a lot of things into his Amiga 500, things I didn't even know existed. So uh, <laughs> the first thing he did was he popped in the Kickstart 3.1, which is, you know, that's that's makes sense. Uh, then he put in an Indivision ECS scan doubler. So this is one of those high dollar items that we will never be able to afford. Mm. Um, and the final thing that he put in that I actually... we don't need it now. Yeah, we, we've got our S-Video adapter mm -hmm. for that. But the final thing that uh, he put in is something that I've never seen before. And uh, it is called the ACA 500 Plus. And let me show you what this looks like. Um, this is a... Uh, well, I'll just, re I'll just read it. It is a one-stop shop tool for a quick and easy re-entry into the Hobby Amiga. So what it does is it, it gives you a, a, an accelerator processor, 8 megabytes of RAM, 8 megabytes of flash RAM, two compact flash card slots, an action replay compatible freezer, and a seven-segment display. Now, these have just came out, haven't they? Uh, In fact, I'm not yeah, sure they're available this, widely. This, this is the they? Plus model. The one that is the ACA 500, that one's been out for a little bit, but I, I don't know exactly how long. Mm -hmm. This is something that is very interesting. Um, then this, this is, is this a card that fits into the belly slot, or does this fit on the side? Um, that is a great question. I believe that it's probably going to fit. Does that look like it fits on the side, side card module? I can't module? tell. Boy, I don't know either. Um, that's something that we should investigate. Uh, oh, yeah, it is. So it's an external expansion, which is plugged into the left expansion okay. port. Um, so this is for the 500? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, or it also works for the 500 Plus. So um, this is uh, just another another great thing that's available for the Amiga. And if I hadn't just spent a bunch of money on the GoTech, I didn't spend a whole bunch, but if I hadn't just bought the GoTech, this would have been something that I could have just put some money towards. And who knows, maybe in the future we'll get one of these things going. Because this is certainly easier to manipulate files with, you know, popping a compact flash card in and out than mm -hmm. messing around with the GoTech. Is, uh, what's the, what's the pre-order on that, the price? So this so. is 129 euros. So about 100, 135, 140 bucks right. American. Right, We Not got bad. a lot better at our Euro to dollar It's easy now. After, uh, <laughs> after doing this podcast. It's real easy now, yeah. <laughs> it's changed a lot since we started, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was the last side update. Thank you, Will, for putting that up there. Uh, you all, we also want to mention... Uh, Gary has been. I, mean, he, I think. I think he's on part two of his uh, oh, putting back know, the three thousand. Right. I forgot about that. Um, Gary has been very busy um, reassembling from the ground up a an Amiga three thousand. He goes very much in depth. He, uh, boy, his videos. I mean, they look very very slick. Yeah, Gary. Gary's a good hand. Mm -hmm. We need him here, <laughs> cameraman. Uh, uh, he he knows what he's doing. And I will say, just watching his videos, uh, I've learned a lot about how these things go back together. And, um, like I said, I had a three thousand for a cup of coffee, and I looked inside the thing. I was like, I screw this. Mm -hmm. I sold it. This yeah. was many years ago. Mm -hmm. I was used to the much. Simpler if you were going to have a Tower Amiga, which one would you want? Well, I had it. I had a four thousand T. You had the ultimate, the yeah, big dog. I had it, and I, I sold it. Uh, well, it's a long story, but we sold it, um, and used the money to get a pinball machine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, eh, I'm pretty happy with the twelve. Is Don't that pretty much just your the twelve with the the compact flash? I'm happy with need. the twelve, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, you know once I get it fixed, I'll be real happy with it. You yeah. know, getting getting back, man, it's hard to beat them, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'd say the the uh, the six hundred with a uh, vampire would I could just because of the size, mm -hmm. I could be down with that one too. Yeah, but the twelve, hey, I think it's I mean, it's pretty much everyone agrees it's it's the number one. It is, it is. Um, all right, well, that's the end of the site updates. I guess it's time to get into this thing, All right, Syndicate. Man. So give us a little background here. All right, I will do. Uh, Syndicate. Uh, this thing came out in 93, and, uh, and it was just a, uh, for the standard Amiga, and it came out a couple years later for the CD32. We looked at the standard Amiga version. I, had, I didn't even look at the CD32 version. I know it's there. I heard it was nice. Um, this was uh, put out by an outfit you've probably heard of called Bullfrog. Um, one of my favorites, Theme Park. Bullfrog put out, we've covered one of their games already, Pocalypse, and we went in depth with the mm -hmm. company. This is this is Peter Molyneux's That's first right. venture. They right? also did Power Monger, they did Theme Park, Flood, which I remember call you played Flood. I like you were Flood real a lot. fond of yeah. it. A game called Fusion and a game called Druid 2. Mm. These are all Bullfrog uh, uh, games. Uh, as you mentioned, it was produced. This game was uh, produced by Peter Molyneux. I've read a couple places that this was a. Uh, this started out on the Amiga, but uh, I read an interview 
uh, with the team that said they had switched over to the PC to develop this one, and they did it strictly because they thought the Amiga was getting uh, long in tooth and too old to do it. That's one of the the comments that I, I read online, is this is really one of the first titles where the PC version was demonstrably better. Yes, and I, I, uh, watched, uh, I watched a little bit of both, and as well as some of the console versions. The console versions, which I'll get into what this got ported to, but effectively the console versions of this are sort of almost like different games. Mm-hmm. They're they're toned down significantly from, from the versions that you would play on the computers. So um, uh, the, the, this was a standard crew that did a, pretty much a lot of the a lot of the bullfrog stuff. Um, the uh, one of the coders did theme park, uh, Michael uh, Diskett. And then uh, there were guys that most of the people that worked on this only worked on a few games for, for Bullfrog on the Amiga, and they were and they, uh, pretty much Theme Park was the game that was off, off the one that they worked on the most. Yeah, uh, I so. think that was probably that or Populous. I don't know was there the the biggest selling title. I would say yeah. Populous is pretty popular. Pop, yeah, probably Populous number one. Yeah, um, this got converted to everything on Earth. Uh, uh, there's a 3DO version which I actually have, believe it or not. Um, the Archimedes, of course. The uh, Mac, the classic Mac. Did you really? know? Yeah, did you know There's that? There's a syndicate version for the classic That's right. Mac. Oh boy, I see a Let's Play coming. Uh, the uh, FM Towns Marty, of course. <laughs> we got to get into that. The NEC. I've tried to price those things. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, NEC PC ninety eight. The uh, Super Nintendo. The uh, Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis, and the uh, CD. They had a CD port of it on the Genesis. And the PC DOS, the PC DOS being the, uh, well, it depends on what you're, how you, that was the, it was developed on the PC, but uh, they used D Paint to on the Amiga to do all the art. How so, odd was there just I guess was there nothing on the PC like Deluxe Paint at, at that time? D Paint was the was the uh, I guess it was the de facto standard for, there, it for was. any kind of in-game sprite creation. Um, the uh, so. Basically, this game, you know, it, it like I said, it mostly came out, the computer version was separate from the console version. They were dumbed down. I've heard that the the, uh, uh, the JAG version is not bad, but uh, and I don't have it. Uh, but uh, it's, I'll, I'll, I wouldn't mind picking it up one of these, one of these days. Um, the, uh, so, what is Syndicate? Well... It's a <laughs> it's a complicated game in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways it's, a it's complicated not. man. So no one understands him. the plot of this game is uh, this is a future game. Uh, think in, in terms of atmosphere, think Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Okay, which they admit they Blade Runner and Neuromancer. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in this world, um, corporations have grown so large that they effectively have overtaken countries. For, for ownership of land and and they have and and they have gobbled up all the smaller corporations into th- into basically three huge megacorps. Uh, there's a, there's an American megacorp, there's a European megacorp, and there's an Asian megacorp. And you in this game play uh, the European megacorp. Now, the European megacorp, uh, the world sucks if you're not. <laughs> In one of these courts. are not in one of the corporations. It's a real dingy crud hole. What's the role-playing game that's based it's, on this? Well, it reminded me a lot of a game called Shadowrun. Shadowrun, that's it. But Shadowrun, of course, derives a lot of its content from the sources it's you said. It's all sort of cyclical, yeah. I mean, the uh, the Gibson books, you know, uh, Neuromancer and... Snow Crash. And, 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 uh, which, I, I, I have to say, Neuromancer is a great... I don't know if we've ever talked about Neuromancer on this show in my life, because I like the game, too. But the uh, the book is great. It really mm-hmm. changed my uh, the way I looked at you know the future mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It's weird how much of it sort of has kind of come to pass yeah, yeah. In, in a weird way. But uh, it's one of those with well, a dystopian future mm-hmm. where everything is crap and people lumber around. So the world is horrible. <laughs> so the European megacorp develops this thing called Chip, right? And it's a this is all in the manual, by the way. Really, don't I don't think this ever comes up even once in the actual game. The mm-hmm. game's pretty much straightforward, but it develops this thing called chip, which effectively you put it on, and you, it changes the way you perceive things. You think it's a beautiful sunny day, 
it's a rainy purple sky death hole. Mm-hmm. You think it's beautiful. You think you're a beautiful, attractive person. You're a hideous clone. Right. You think the uh, that that uh, this stuff smells great and it's, it's a beautiful field of flowers. It's a dump. Mm-hmm. All right. And this drug grows and grows into popularity. Well, and so well, it's not a drug. It's a it's a it's an augmentation. Mm-hmm. And so with this augmentation, the corpse grow more powerful, but they're easily. Uh, infiltrated by basically organized crime, which slowly seep into these 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 corporations, and eventually take over the boardrooms and they take control, and so effectively becoming the syndicate, right. and, and we're syndicate, and you are a like a mid level manager effectively, and you are out to make your way in this crooked, horrible future world, <clears throat> and so how do you do it? Well. You have a sort of a sky base that you're on, that you look down on the world. Mm-hmm. And you also have your four, like, uh, humanoid servants that sort of that will do what you say. Right. And you've got four more in reserve. Mm-hmm. And so you can, uh, you can, you are confronted with different missions, and they, uh, you can equip your servants as you wish. You could augment them in various ways, which we'll get into. And then you are you send them out, and a lot of the missions involve rubbing out enemies, mm-hmm. assassinations, uh, uh, stuff like that. There's and, a, there's a weapon called the Persuadaton or something which like is, that, which and is <laughs> yeah for for the visually enemy, amusing for the enemies that do not require uh, death, you can use that and, and lure them back to your syndicate. Right, and it also just for no reason you could just hook up a bunch of flunkies and just have them follow you around the like. Like human shields or sheep, mm-hmm. right? But uh, we'll get to that. Uh, so you go out and do your missions, and if you successfully complete these missions, then you will often whatever you do will will help allow you to take control of that region. Mm-hmm. And this is important because this is how you get your money in this game. Yes. Uh, once you once you take over a region, you start to heavily tax the inhabitants. Yes. Now you have to you have to tax them. You at first you can just you can just screw them, mm-hmm. but eventually they'll get mad, yeah. and then you have, to, and then if you do that, you'll cause extra work for yourselves, and right. that of course will cost you extra money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, this game has fifty levels. The uh, originally, it was intended to have hundred and fifty levels. Really, but time constraints and EA breathing down their throat, mm-hmm. they had to cut. They had to cut it back down to uh, to uh, to the uh, fifty levels you see before you. Um, so, I'm not good at this sort of game, uh, which is well documented after my performances in Populous and, uh, to a certain extent, Cannon Fodder. So, I know you played this quite a bit and had a lot more success than I did, so what do you think about strategy and uh, how did you approach this game? Because I know there's a lot to... You're on a budget. That's something else I like about the game. Your missions are budgeted. Mm-hmm. Just like a, you can just see some pencil pushers right. sitting around trying to decide what ordinance you're going to need to kill this guy. Uh, and and you have, your, I mean, it's pretty wide open. You can you can uh, pick various weapons for your guys. And then another thing we haven't mentioned is you can you sink money into research to research uh, better weapons, better armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can the more money you sink into a, a particular research the faster it'll be done. Mm-hmm. And so you'll have that stuff available more immediately. You can also enhance your servants uh, up to different versions, up to version three of uh, different, of uh, in terms of their... Augmentations. Yeah, in terms of the augmentations. And you also are, these guys are outfitted with drugs, effectively, that will that will increase their intelligence or their, uh, their uh, toughness mm-hmm. or, uh, or their, their speed. Their speed. Mm-hmm. So from a... From a player standpoint what were you doing in the missions you played what was your strategy how did you approach this and i'll tell you how i approached it well this game essentially is a thinking man's cannon fodder it it it, 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 it did remind me a lot of cannon fodder in a lot of ways um it is uh you know it takes the core mechanics of left click to move right click to shoot <coughs> and uh just sort of adds an extra element of strategy on top of it um the way that I approach these missions is I usually outfitted one guy pretty well, and then I had a couple flunkies that it didn't matter if they died or not. Yeah. 
and then I was you know I'd send the guys in, and this is the game sort of falls apart in the same way that cannon fodder kind of falls apart for me, and that there is no easy way to control the movements of these guys separately quickly. Um, you don't click on a unit to move it like you would in StarCraft. You have to click on the uh, the HUD, their position in the HUD. And sometimes that's far away from where your cursor is or, you know, from where your man is. So, you're, you know, you're, you're doing things on the game board itself. Uh, but if you want to move a person or if you want to deselect your whole group and only use one person, you're using a lot of mouse movement in situations where speed is very important. Um, the game does give you lots of options as far as your, your weapons, and the weapons do sort of, you know, they all act differently. Uh, you know, that you've got the Uzi, the shotgun, the pistol. Um, but there's no way to, no way that I know, to equip your agents with different weapons. So you, you, you are able to select all of your, your, your agents and move them with one click. Uh, but you cannot choose what they're, you can, you know, if you choose the Uzi, they're all going to use the Uzi. Um, I found that frustrating because sometimes like one of my guys would be near death and I wanted him to heal, but I wanted the other guys to keep on shooting. And there's, there's no easy way to do that. Um, again, this, this comes from my background in playing a lot of RTS games like Command and Conquer and Starcraft and Warcraft, where things like that are much easier to do because they're later <coughs> games and they figured out how to do that. I, my strategy was eerily similar in, in terms of, I got one guy studded up and because it, you, money becomes a, a quick concern in this. Mm -hmm. And if you fail too often, you're screwed. Yeah. I mean, it, you really the only way to lose is to lose all of your guys. Mm -hmm. But if you run out of money, I just usually quit at that point right. because it's it makes it tough. I mean, you can go out and suicide your guys and complete the missions if you just run in like a crazy man. Mm -hmm. But um, you won't last long doing that. Yeah. Um, the uh, this game, I will say, if in, in full disclosure, uh, I'd not played this game before this week and. This is the kind of game that to, to give a proper review would probably require someone to play this thing for a, a month or more to uh, to fully understand the strategies behind it. That said, um, I thought it was quite brilliant, actually. The uh, interface on it is not as complicated as, as I figured it would be. Right, <clears throat> right. It's a pretty simple... In fact, I found an old interview with... Uh, the guys from Bullfrog, and they mentioned that when this game originally had came together, and get this, this will blow your mind, when they worked on this game originally, you were going to have eight guys to control. And they had buttons for stuff like pick up weapons, you know, they had buttons for everything. And they sat down and they consolidated the, the buttons into what you see, and then they also said, listen, eight, eight guys to control is just too much. Mm -hmm. And so they, they carved it down to four. And I can't imagine... I'm kind of like you at these games where you have to control mul like multiple units. I mostly kept my guys together. I, I didn't get very far because you can only do that for so far. Um, but, you know, I, I would mostly keep them together and then kind of pick one guy and let, let him go out in front, you mm -hmm. know, sometimes, but kind of keep the other guys close. I'm just, it, 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 is, it can be difficult. And now, uh, from what I read in the instruction manual, and listen to some other people speak about the game is that you can use the uh, you can use the your, your intelligence drug to make your guys less idiotic, and so they're more likely to go out and do something smart as opposed to just running like yeah. And and sometimes I wonder because the pathfinding is not excellent in this game. For example, around buildings, if you want all of your guys to go into a building, some guys will just sort of meander around the exterior, and uh, it's hard to get them to do what you want them to do. I don't know how much of that is. They want you to use the AI drug, or how much of it is just the primitive technology? The building it. entry thing was at first. I was like, "Man, what is what's going on here?" Mm -hmm. That's I was always kind of goofy. Um, the The mission makeup is interesting. I could get. I think the furthest I got in it was level six, something like that. Mm. And I can get there pretty routinely, but it, the, you know, and I will say, I don't think it gets harder too quick mm -hmm. you know but it was again it's just sort of not my bag i had a hell of a time and I, it's hard to judge I, I would panic too much there's a mode called basically panic mode right i think if you, you, don't if you, you hold down both mm -hmm. buttons 
your guys just basically just <laughs> it ramps up all their drugs and they just start going bananas mm-hmm. and spraying things. I, I at, at first I thought before I read the instructions I thought this is great because it was I was racking up massive amount of carnage and also the the persuade to try I didn't quite understand the usefulness of it until I read the instructions. Mm-hmm. Yes, folks, read the instructions uh, <laughs> before you play the game and this one especially. So I didn't understand the point of like having a bunch of civilians follow you around. But there's points to it. it yeah, may, you know, it's really deep. It's a really or, deep and game. something else I didn't fully grasp was was how Persuadatron worked in terms of ramping up because you can use this thing to you know if you picture the map, you've got citizens just meandering around. Okay, these are these guys are witless idiots. You can just walk up with your Persuadatron and, and they'll and hit them and they'll follow you. All right, but if you get a, a ton of these things, uh, I think it's like. 12 or 15 or whatever you it, it, on low on the lower levels you can you can have that many you can actually be use p- persuasion on more powerful enemies because in this game aside from being citizens in here you've got you've got cops mm-hmm. then you've got other agents mm-hmm. and you have to have so many people under your control before you can control one of them and eventually you can even control some of these guys and and keep them you mm-hmm. can get them to join up with your gang uh, and you know, space, you know, to use for replacements or whatnot. The the uh, uh, the fact that there are cops in this is amusing, mm-hmm. and the fact that the book, if you read the instruction book, the cops are all human, and so these poor guys are out there trying to enforce something resembling the law in this utopian death hole. Right. So you, for one of the few games where you feel bad for the policeman mm-hmm. as you go out because you're a marauding scumbag. Right. You know. Um. I uh, I found an interesting article. About this, uh, about this game, it really had interviewed the guys from Bullfrog about it. They had a lot of interesting uh, stuff to talk about. Um, the game, like I said, the game when they put it together, the way they did it was quite interesting. Uh, Whenever you said that, I just automatically thought of the Captain and Neil. The way they put it together. I used to like them, but now not so much. Um, so. These guys, they basically made the structure of the game, and then they developed the missions, okay? So how did they develop them? Well, they used multiplayer. And so they would have four people sit down, and they would play this multiplayer and use that as a way to develop different missions, Mm -hmm. which I thought was neat. Yeah. Now, the unneat part of that is, uh, right before this game got released, they cut multiplayer. (laughs) Uh, So this was originally a multiplayer game, and presumably would have been a multiplayer game on the Amiga. Uh, something else I noted that went along with that is that in, in this game there are vehicles, uh, cars, and these sort of trains, but they're on fixed paths in the game. In the original version of this, uh, when they were working on it, uh, Bullfrog gave you free reign to drive wherever you wanted. And they said the problem with that was people would just go out and run over everybody. Mm-hmm. And so it just made Too it easy. Game. Yeah, so they, they took that out. Again, for the multiplayer. So when this game uh, didn't get multiplayer, they were very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they said EA could not, just couldn't get it to work on their network or something like that, and they just get, they just trashed it. Um, they released a sequel, or an expansion disc, I should say, for this thing, and it was called Syndicate American Revolt. And it added, uh, I think it was 21 missions. The problem, and, and there were two problems with this if you're on the Amiga. Number one, the PC version added these missions, and 10 multiplayer net-capable games, Mm -hmm. missions. From what I could tell, uh, these were not present on the Amiga version. Plus, the Amiga market had dwindled to such a point that EA didn't want to publish this. Mm -hmm. And so the only way you could get this was you had to order it from the back pages of Amiga format and the Amiga Game Zone. Uh, and so no, hardly anyone even knew about it. I right. know, and I'm, I don't know if these are... I'm guessing these are pretty rare. And apparently, uh, a demo of it appeared on one of the magazine discs that you can play. So that's a pretty odd thing. So, But unfortunately... Uh, now, someone out there can tell me if I'm wrong, but as far as I could tell, and I looked all over, I, could, I don't think the Amiga got any sort of multiplayer. So that's kind of a bummer. Um, the uh, original name of this game was Cyber Assault, which I thought that was interesting. Isn't there another Cyber Assault? That sounds like a very video I think that's game a tank. Game. Isn't there a tank game called Cyber Assault? I'm not 100% sure about that. Uh, I think Atari made a tank game hmm. uh, uh, called Cyber Assault. 
Um, the uh, you know this was this game was very popular when it came out for the obvious reasons. It ranks high on a lot of lists, and uh, it fits in well with the what Bullfrog was up to. Mm-hmm. And so, when you have a game this popular, it would have sequels. This game has uh, sequels galore, but not on the Amiga. And so, we'll just touch on a couple real quick. They had a game that came out called Syndicate Wars, which I remember when this was released on the PC. It was very popular. Um, I never played it, because I never played Syndicate. And then, recently, it's had, there was of course, there was a package bundle where they put the uh, expansion with the original, and they released that. And then they've, uh, I think it was 2012, someone released a Syndicate first-person shooter, uh, which I remember hearing the name, but I've never played. Have you ever seen no, it? Or I heard remember it? when it came out, but I never played it. Yeah, it didn't look like my cup of tea, but it might be, you know, it might be good. I don't know, maybe someone would be better than me. Um, so the uh, the reviews on the Amiga were good. Again, this is, we played the uh, original version. They also released a, a, a CD32 version. Um, I know that if you, like Boat mentioned, you could tell right away if you put the PC version of this up against the Amiga version that the PC had finally caught up. You know, audio and video, it's just, and the PC has a has a 640 by 400, I believe it is, a 16 color display mm-hmm. on, the, on the main map, and the Amiga obviously not, not so much. Uh, the, uh, uh, it had a real nice video intro that was real sharp, you know. And uh, it's just, you could tell. I mean, like I said, this looks like Molyneux and the boys, they said it themselves. You know, they, they, they could tell the development on the Amiga was pretty much, it was a dead end at that point. So it's kind of sad, unfortunately, but that's, that's the way it goes. But this game was very popular. Uh, it got a lot of good ratings. I, never, I didn't see anything under 79%. Uh, in fact, um, Amiga style... Which is amazing. I have to say, I've not heard of before this. Gave it a hundred percent, so it was top of the line. Lots of nineties, lots of eighties. This uh, is the uh, if you're watching on YouTube, this is the PC version that is uh, that we're that we're playing. So it's it's. I don't think you'll be able to tell. This obviously is a longer intro than. Uh, or I guess it is. It's it's the same it's intro, the same. It just yeah. it's got more colors. It's got also there are a few scenes that are that are cut mm-hmm. uh, from it. Um, so how far how far did you get into this boat? Did you get how much further past where I? I got been? about the same place you did. Real? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. I thought you'd get a lot further. Uh, you know, I, I played it. I I, I felt like uh, I played it to where I, I I could understand what was going on, but it did start to get it started to get more difficult for me. I don't have your natural gaming acumen. Oh yeah. And so, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was it was fun. I thought it was interesting. If if this, if, if I wasn't so used to playing sort of uh, real-time strategy games, uh, if they would have just figured out a way to just select all of your units by clicking and dragging a square, <laughs> you know, like Warcraft did, maybe Warcraft was the first game to do that, it would have made things so much easier to control. But for its time, uh, I think that, you know, if you were into real-time strategy games on the Amiga, this is probably the, the your only option. This, in some ways, uh, this is if like, to me, now of course I'm a goof. This reminded me, it's like a, a very, if you took uh, cannon fodder and then subtly added parts of like Diablo to it. That's mm-hmm. a, you know how Diablo had that sort of point and go thing going, yep. which I'll be honest, I didn't like that either. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a control one guy and run him around the map. If Diablo worked like that, I'd have loved it, but I didn't like having to use the mouse to play. I just didn't, it didn't work for me. You know, mm-hmm. Maybe it was too early in the mouse days. I don't know what it was, but I, I still have never warmed up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, is a game that I will say, uh, unlike some like populous, which I, I've always sucked at that too. I think I could actually be okay at this, given enough time to play it. Yeah, uh, I, I like the fact that and we're we're watching the internet. You get to name your company. That mm-hmm. you go. That's kind of fun. You get to pick out a logo, which is kind of kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, I could see a sequel. I'm sure Syndicate Wars is pretty not pretty awesome game because there's plenty. Of, you could see plenty of ways you could improve the game, improve the interface. But overall, you know, I can't complain. It's a, it's a, you know, I'm surprised I enjoyed it as much as I did, to be honest with you, especially with all the trouble I had just to run it. Because, like right. I said, I couldn't run this on the Amiga. I had to emulate it. I don't like doing that if I don't have to. And it's a, it's always a hassle. But uh, I enjoyed it. And uh, it's one I'd probably go back to. You know, like I said, I've heard the 50 missions. I've heard the last couple missions are brutal. And um, the expansion, the uh, designers had heard 
from the fans that this game was too easy. So I don't know who these fans are. These are your these are your hardcore right. '90s early late early '90s they, late '80s. They fans. grew up destroying Super Frog and games like yeah, that. Yeah, but and, I've I've read that the, the the expansion missions are are incredibly hard, like unbelievably super hard. So <laughs> I can I can imagine how hard those would be. But uh, yeah, and I think multiplayer this would probably be a lot of fun too. I could see a lot of uh, a lot of avenues where that would make it interesting, you know. Yeah. So overall. I, I give it a, a good score, but uh, again, not really my bag. I'm right. more of a action junkie, as, yeah. as, as we all know. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our question segment. As always, if you have any questions, you can send them to us at questions at amigospodcast.com. I got a question. Okay. What did this sell for on eBay, Boat? <laughs> I forgot about the eBay <laughs> section. Sorry, Aaron. That's okay, man. Just step on my feet, man. What did this go for on eBay? What is if you were oh. in the market for syndicate boxed and complete? Well, you're boned. Oh. If you live in the U.S., I could not find any copy or any record that a copy had been sold. Wow, I'm serious. I was surprised. Do you think this got an NTSC? I release? don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, mine was in the what I could see of the of the Amiga version before I couldn't move forward. It was it looked like it was an NTSC. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the scoop is on that. Um, there's a guy selling one right now around 40 bucks US in the Netherlands. Uh, I looked at the history of this, and that's actually a pretty accurate assessment of its value. Uh, they're selling between shipped between 20 and 40 bucks US, uh, and in the UK and, and overseas. And uh, discs are going to cost you about a little less than half that. Okay. So, uh, if you want this. I'd grab it. The box looks awesome too. It's mm-hmm. it's a very stylized, bright green. Yeah, Bullfrog, of course. And we talked about them a lot in the pop stuff. So a good company that uh, went on to become, I think it was Lion's Head of mm-hmm. Studios. And then, yep. and then Molyneux's got 22 cans, I right. believe, now. Yeah, that, and, that whole Kim Justice look at Peter Molyneux. I don't know if you, have you watched, it's, as I was reviewing this this week and playing it, Justice put out a new video on what Molyneux's been up to. And, I mean, she is brutal to this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he's got it coming. I don't know. I mean, she she is tough I on think Peter Molyneux. I think that he he broke her heart many times. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he seems like a decent yeah. fellow. I don't yeah. know, but I mean, she and, she kills and him. He's he's effectively sequestered himself from all from all media. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's done. But in, in the interview I read, he was a very forthcoming and talking about how the game came together. So I don't know. But this is before he really hit it big, I guess. And uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I, like I said, it's. What do you think? Better than Populous? I know you like Populous. Yeah, yeah, probably better than Populous. Mm. Uh, Populous is a very basic game. This is a much deeper game. Uh, but if, you, if you're just going in for casual play, maybe Populous is more fun. If you're not into the dystopian future, a lot of people are just kind of sick of that whole scene these days because everything is a dystopian future, including the world that we live in. And so... Uh, you know, people might want to get into populace just because it's a different different environment. Although it is fun to set people on fire and just start oh, yeah. gunning suckers down. <laughs> yeah. So there's something Never to be said old. for dystopia. Now, please continue. Okay, so uh, we asked if you have any questions. And David McCrandles has responded. He says, if life was an Amiga game, which game would you choose to live in? If my life was like an Amiga game? If you could choose any Amiga game to oh, live in okay. that world. Boy, that's a tough one. I had to go with strip poker. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant. Uh, Surely that would get old after a while. <laughs> I have, to, have you have you got an answer readily no, available? That's why I'm waiting for you. If life was like an Amiga game, well, there's some I definitely wouldn't want to be involved in. Um, gosh, that is a tough question. I got one. Okay. I'd say uh, California games. I'd have to say Lionheart. You can't be serious. You got a good looking dude with a nice haircut. None of those none of those statements are true. Beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> beautifully rendered world. Your guys, I mean, if I'm if I'm the Lionheart guy, I'd, you I'd be, be down. riding that dragon around. Hell yeah, <laughs> swinging awkwardly me? from vines. I, have you seen me swing? That's how I roll. <laughs> as awkward as it gets. No, I, I'd say California games, just because you're, you you know you're living in you're living the dream in Southern California, surfing, biking, whatever. Second place would be Outrun. You're driving a fast car with a hot girl. You got good tunes playing. Yeah, you know you those, can't that say guy that. wrecks a lot, and then the girl yells. Lionheart at him. dies a lot, but he always comes back. 
Does he? Oh, yeah. Is he I'm like saying, King Arthur when England is in greatest need? Lionheart shall rise again. You know, I take that back. I've changed it's, it's my. I've changed my. I've changed my answer. Okay. Since we just covered it, Rocket Ranger. Now that'd be okay. awesome. That's that's. You that's got the better. good looking chick. That's a better. The answer. respect of, your, of the doctor. You're mm-hmm. killing Nazis. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I I support that answer. Yeah. Going to the moon, watching girls whip other girls. <laughs> all right. So, um. I'd like to thank all of you all for listening to the show. I'd like to thank all of you folks that are listening to us live on uh, YouTube Gaming. Uh, we got Pishbot, Henrik, David, uh, Brooke, um, John, Neil. Uh, thank you all. Uh, speaking of Neil, the new ups or the new issue of Amigos Magazine is forthcoming. Oh boy, I've been waiting. Yeah, so uh, be on the lookout for the. Go to everythingamiga.com and check out the newest issue of the magazine being released soon. Um, and uh, we'd also like to thank our Patreon supporters, and I'd like to thank them in a very special way. You know it's coming, but there's nothing you can do to stop it. David McCrandall's Gary Hucker Will Williams Ravi Abbott Kim Tommy Humberstadt Josh Nan Jason Warns Lane Eric Nelson Graham W. Vipke Paul Harrington Rob O'Hara, Lauren Giroux, Jonas Rulo, Colbjorn Barman, Tapes from the Crib, Adam Bradley, Chris Fultz, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro, and Vintage, Chad Halstead and Brent Dowdy. Special thanks to Zeus Dad's world of long place for ringing footage. Spitting on myself. Yeah. What'd you think? Sort of went off the cliff there. Yeah, there, well, you know, I got a little intense. I saw that. <laughs> you got intense all over the keyboard. <laughs> so thank you all for being a supporter on Patreon. If you would like your name to be added to the list of illustrious names mentioned, you can support the Amigos Podcast at patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Um, Aaron, mm. next week we I'm are going to do uh, one of Sid Meier's most criminally underrated titles. He's criminally m- underrated? He's most known for the Civilization series. That's true. But we're going to play Pirates. Yes. All I've been right. looking forward to this one. It's going to be great. So, we'll see you then. Until next time. Adios. Adios.